U-Turn Youth Ministry invites your teenagers to attend the 13th Annual Purity Conference at Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky on November 12th through the 14th, 2021. The Purity Conference is jam-packed with powerful teachings, anointed worship, and life-changing messages that empower teenagers to live with purity. To register online, follow the link in the show notes. You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. This week's scripture of the week is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now, if we look at this verse again in the God's Word translation, we will find, Then Christ will live in you through faith. I also pray that love may be the ground into which you sink your roots and on which you have your foundation. Now, what I love about this verse is that it's talking about being rooted in the faith. It says that Jesus will dwell in our hearts. And that word dwell means that he's making his permanent residence. He has settled into our hearts by faith and he helps us to stay grounded. Now, when I think of ground and what it means to be grounded, I immediately think of a tree and how those tree roots will dig into the soil. It's those roots that absorb the nutrients from the soil, but it's also those roots that spread out underneath the earth and it anchors the tree into the ground so that it's not easily pushed over. And so when we talk about being rooted in the faith, we are to be rooted just like a tree that is dug its roots down deep into the word of God and that we understand it and that we not only understand it but we walk it out every day of our life and we do that because Jesus has taken up permanent residence in our hearts and so I hope that encourages you today to be rooted in the love of Jesus and go out and show that to others. Growing up a PK, Elijah Linscott knew at a young age there was a call of God on his life. Elijah ran from that call and ran toward a life of temporary satisfaction, which he found in the world. After years of running from his calling, he found himself hitting rock bottom in a jail cell. It was there that he knew he could no longer run and completely surrendered his life to Christ. Elijah and his wife, Sydney, have dedicated their lives to ministry, serving as youth leaders at Abundant Life Church. They both are passionate about helping young people to not make the same mistakes they did and empowering them to pursue Jesus relentlessly. Welcome back to Marketplace Ministry. I'm Jason Smith, and this is a very special episode of the Marketplace Ministry podcast. In the studio with me today is Elijah Lynn Scott, and he is a youth leader at Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky. Elijah, welcome to the show. Man, I'm really excited to be here, Jason. This is really cool. I've listened to your podcast, you and Justin. I heard a few, one of my best friends, Quentin, on one of the episodes, his brother, Justin, 
it's just cool to see you doing what you love to do and impacting as many people as you can. But I'm excited to be here. Amen. And we're excited to have you here because you have an event that's coming up this November. Can you tell us a little bit about what that event is? Yeah. So we have an annual purity conference we put on. Um, it was birthed out of U-Turn Youth Ministry about 13 years ago. Wow. Um, and we're running 13 years strong and we've only grown. Um, but this actually is my first year with my wife um, running this conference. It was Stacy and Felix were our youth leaders uh, for about, I think, 18 or 20 years or so. And so but what the, these conferences are for, the it's the importance of purity. It's in the name. And it's the importance of letting young people understand that whatever the world tells you, the culture paints this picture of what purity is and what Hollywood says purity is, is completely opposite of the Bible. And, and we do not hold back from this because it's better to hear it in the church, right? What the message of purity is all about. And this conference is from sixth grade to young adults. And it's just messages for high schoolers and middle schoolers on dating relationships, on sex, on what the culture tells you to do this year. We have a really cool uh, group of sessions that actually Jason's going to be a part of. Um, they're called culture crushers and it's just 20 minute segments on different things to, to, to counteract or help live in the culture we live in today. But it's actually been very impactful on my life personally, but we're really excited about this year um, to move forward with this conference. Amen. That is exciting. I think when most people hear the word purity, you did touch on it in your last answer, is that when they think of purity, they think about being sexually pure and and abstaining. At least that's that's the idea I would have got if I was a teenager and right. I heard somebody saying, um, hey, I'm going to a purity conference. Now, right. something you got to understand about me is that when I was growing up in high school, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't become a Christian until I was 20 years old. And so I grew up in the world. If right. you would have told me that I was that you were going to a purity conference, I'd have been like, what's that all about? I'm too busy trying to chase all these girls, yeah. and, and you're trying to get me to be like, stay away from right. me. What? So there's more to purity yeah. than just the sexual attraction that, right. that teenagers deal with. Uh, what are some of the main problems that you are seeing or you're hearing in the youth that they're experiencing in schools today? Yeah, I think uh, obviously sex is a very big one. Um, sexual temptation, sexual impurity. So we we hit on that, you know, pretty hard because it's important, especially with with young men, right? You deal with uh, pornography at a very young age. Um, it's being introduced, and especially with what the culture is going on and identity. You know, you got kids being able to identify as almost anything nowadays, but it's not it's not it's not the kid or, or it's a, it's an acceptance thing is what we see it really as mm. is kids don't know who they are at this age. And the culture tells you to go figure out who you are. And if someone doesn't like you, change who you are and immediately switch things around. And I think a big thing about purity, you know, identity is one, but I think integrity is everything. Mm. I think a lot of people, especially young people, because I did it when I was young, you know, you live for reputation, but reputation can be tainted by someone else saying something about you that isn't true. Reputation can be tainted in a, in a way that other people perceive you because you put on this show of who you are and you don't, you, you shouldn't live for reputation. You should live for integrity. Cause to me, when you're in, when you have good integrity, what you do in the open is what you do behind closed doors. Mm. And that's how God looks at it. And you know, th- a lot of people want to know, how do I live pure? And we did a purity conference a couple years ago on pursuit and Psalms 119 talks about it. How do I, how do I live pure? You hide God's word in your heart. And a lot of kids look at it like, I don't want to go learn about abstinence. 
you're not coming just to learn about abstinence. You're coming to figure out what is purity because your future, your future bosses are looking for someone with integrity. Mm -hmm. Your future spouses, they want a man, a woman of integrity. And so the purity conference this year, we're really going to hit home on, on integrity and, and how to fight the culture today. This anti-Christian culture is what we're after. It's not after anyone. We don't war against flesh and blood, Mm -hmm. but we're attacking this anti-Christ spirit because I believe wholeheartedly the Bible says that, that, that when you when you have a foundation of Jesus, the gates of hell cannot prevail. Amen. Now, I've never known a gate to attack me. And when I look at the gates of hell, it means the gate is set up in front of something that it's trying to keep me out of. Right. And so what I really believe is if we get on the attack, on the offense, get off the defense, and we go at the enemy, he's got no choice but to fold. And so that's really what we want to hit on this year. You know, yes, sexual purity is is always a big, big factor of these conferences. But this year, it's about life, pure Amen. life. Amen. And and we are experiencing a lot of confusion mm-hmm. in the world today with with the different information that's coming out from our government that masks work, they don't work. Yeah. Uh, you got to get the shot. The right. shot doesn't work. It does work. And there's so much confusion. And we right. know that God is not a God of confusion. Right. He brings clarity. And if anything, when you send your teenagers to this conference, they're going to walk yeah. away with clarity in their life about right. who God's called them to be, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I think... I think that's big what you just said and it's so cool that you use the words confusion because the Bible tells us who the author of confusion is and it's the enemy it's Satan. And so yeah, it's it, it everything you hear at these conferences at this conference is biblical. It's not emotionally based. It's not what I believe. It's not it is what I believe because I believe the Bible, but it doesn't go from me sitting and meditating saying, "Okay, Elijah, what good thing do you have to say?" I sit down and, and all the speakers that come from all over the United States, we sit down and they, they sit with God and say, God, what would you have me tell these young people? Because Amen. I've been there. I've been in the shoes of some of these young people. Talk about that. Tell us a little bit about what was your experience as, as a young person? <laughs> well, I, I, had the, uh, I had the same mindset as most people, that kids that come to this conference. You're just going to hit me on sex. And I knew that's the thing. I grew up opposite of you in the church. My father was an associate pastor since I've been born. Um, he now takes took over the church. And I grew up in this setting of church, but I didn't really grow up in a relationship with Jesus. I, mm. I lived very religiously. I tried to check all the boxes of when I got to church. I raised my hands. I served in the ministry. Um, I came to the conference. I raised my hands. I took notes. I applied myself in the building. But when I left, it was like, it's just so much easier, you know, and, and that's what that's what a lot of a lot of young kids don't get. Like, I understand how much easier it is to live in the world, mm-hmm. because when Jesus chose his disciples, he didn't say to deny yourself, pick up your roses, pick up this easy, easy, lightweight light life and then walk with me. He said, pick up your cross. Right. And said, this is going to be difficult, mm-hmm. but it's going to be worth it. And I've, I've had more peace in the middle of my trial serving God than I did when I was just get settled into the world. And, you know, I was a really young kid. My, my testimony, I was caught up in a relationship. I was in a relationship with a girl for about five years, um, in and off, off and on. And I really thought I was going to marry this girl. She was in the church and there's nothing wrong with her. It wasn't like she was crazy or psychotic, but she became my God. 
Mm. And I, I stopped listening to my parents. I stopped heeding the word. And, and she began not to pull me away from my call, but to explain how I could walk in my call and live in the world. And it wasn't her fault, mm. but it was very much like you can have this life with me and do what you're supposed to do. When all of my spiritual overseers looked at me and said, this will not work. And it never did. And so I followed her for five years in high school. I, uh, I got into sexual activity at a very young age. I was actually <clears throat> sexually molested at the age of four years old. Um, and it, it really caused me to, to fall into this very deep sexual trap. And, um, so I, I, I lived a very, very impure life and, when I came out of that impurity, my eyes were open to see like I can help prevent this or I can do my best to help kids understand like that's not the answer. Even though the cards were dealt to you the way they were dealt to you, God can use that and continue to help you live in purity. But uh, I was with this girl for five years and um, we planned a wedding at as a junior in high school. I'm planning a wedding. I mean, I'm, I'm completely blinded to the things of God. Well, uh, it got to the point where my dad got really bold with me and he just said at 18, you have a choice to either serve God or die. And and I know it sounds really harsh, but that's what he told me. Right. And, and it, I had a rude awakening. Um, I actually got pulled over going like 120 in a 45 and, wow. uh, I, it was like an eye opener at the moment. I went to an internship in Michigan, changed my life around, came back, got caught up with the same girl. Um, I ended up serving three months in jail for, for doing some very, very stupid things, um, but consequences of my actions. And it was at that moment when I, when I fell to my knees and a lot of people talk about these jailhouse experiences, I had one and it's when you're at your lowest and I just sat there and I thought, what am I doing? I know better, right? Like, I, I know better. And why am I living like this? So I got out and I completely transformed my life. My wife, our marriage, we're seven years married now with a four month old. Um, and we're still dealing with the consequences of my actions at 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. And that's what kids don't understand, you know, is what you do now, you're setting the course of your life. Like every decision made now is going to be affecting your future. And, and it was impure decisions will, will give you an impure future, but you have to continue to walk the path of purity. And the only way to do that is to hide God's word in your heart. And it's not like this checkbox, pray in the morning for 30 minutes and then read my Bible for 30 minutes. I heard a, a pastor say, Smith Wigglesworth said, you know, I've never gone more than 30 minutes without praying, but I've never prayed longer than 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I look at it and I think that's crazy. Like I can have a conversation with God all day long. I have little moments of time yes. to speak with him. But in, in my mind as a young kid, I always thought if I don't start my day with an hour of prayer, I never, I didn't really have a relationship with God. But uh, it, it was at some of these purity conference. I was called out in, in front of everybody about this girl. Um, I, I was I had eye opening moments with God. And so this the seed that was planted by this purity conference is what what has spruced into the fruit bearing me today. And it's so important to get your kids to a conference like this, especially in the world today. Amen. That's powerful stuff. You said a lot of things there yeah. that that just were bearing witness with my spirit. You know, I was talking to my son earlier today because um, he was with me. We were going out and running some errands. And while we were out, we just got to talking. And I said, you know, when you talk about idols, do you know what an idol is? And he starts telling me, yeah, it's stuff that people make. I'm like, yeah. And 
I said, it's interesting. When I was reading the Bible, that's an interesting thing. When you actually read your (laughs) Bible, God starts... (laughs) I go, when I was reading my Bible, I noticed that it said that people who worship idols will become just like the idol. Hmm. And I thought, that's an interesting statement, God. And I go, wait a minute. Look at the idols. They don't talk. Hmm. They don't eat. They don't do anything for you, yet people will worship them or they will make other things their God. Like mm-hmm. this girl became your God. I, I had the same thing happen to me at one time where I had realized that I was making this girl that I was attracted to into an idol. Mm-hmm. When that happened and I had that realization, I was like, okay, God, I'm going to hands off this. If you if this is a relationship you want me to pursue, then we'll pursue it. Mm-hmm. If not, I leave it in your hands. And nothing ever came out of that relationship. But the point is that idols are dead. Yeah. And when God says, if you worship idols, you'll become like the idol, mm. That was just revelation to me. It's like your spirit becomes dead, worthless. And then Josiah says to me, it's like when God says that if you turn from your wicked ways, then you can be in the kingdom. But if you turn from doing good, then you're cast out. And I said, yes, but there's still hope for you. Because even if you turned away from doing good, you still have, God has that open door for you to turn around and come back to him. He doesn't throw us away. Um, I don't know why I got off on that, but that's just <laughs> that's just something that when you were talking to me about that, it, it came out of my yeah. spirit. I was like, we got to talk about that. And so. I, I, if I can chime in a little bit on it, you know, you talked about being cast away. You know, Satan was cast out of heaven. And I really think that the reason he hates us so much is, yes, he's, he's antichrist. He's opposite of, of God, but he was cast out with no second chance. Mm. We every day have the opportunity to come and fall on our knees and say, Jesus, I need you today. Like your mercies are new every day. So can I have them for today? Can I have that grace for today? And the enemy hates that because it's not that he desired a second chance, but he looks at it and goes, I'm going to prevent you from going to your second chance. And it's like, he clouds our mind. Like he wants us to be the idols which are man-made when God said he created you in his image. That's right. And so I, I think that's a really cool thought that you just had. Wow, that's powerful. Um, so you said this is the 13th year 13th. for the Purity Conference. Um, I, I actually have an opportunity to speak there. I'm really excited to be talking about cancel culture yeah, yeah. At, at this event. It's going to be in a breakout session. So that's that's really cool. I've been working on that talk for some time. Um, thank you, by the way, for yeah. allowing me that opportunity. So I'm curious for our listeners, they may have teenagers at home. Uh, maybe some of them are serving in church. Maybe they have a relationship with God. And maybe some of them don't. I mean, you were a pastor's kid and you said that you struggled. Um, so I'm sure there's other people that are in that same boat. How do parents begin the conversation about purity in their home? And is there a roadmap to help guide their teenagers to living a life of purity? Yeah, I think um, the most important thing, you know, my parents were phenomenal parents. Um, I can't complain. There's four of us. I was the oldest. And so I was the, the lab rat. My dad always tells me like, 
you were my first kid, so I, I've never been a parent before. So I had to figure some things out with you. Um, but he he always, every answer he gave me to a question was biblical. And every direction he pointed me was biblical. And it was the consistency that kept me where I am today. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, mm-hmm. and they won't depart from their ways. Yes, It doesn't say they won't take a bad step, but they won't depart I never forgot. There was never a night that I laid my head down that I didn't at least have the thought I'm wrong. Like I never, I never had the thought like my parent, my dad's wrong. This is wrong. Cause I knew the word was inside of me and you know, the, the way to live a pure life, as we talked about earlier in Psalms 119, hide God's word in your heart. I mean, it says it, how, how does a, how does a young man live a life of purity without straying? Hide the word of God in your heart. Well, the only way to hide the word of God is to know the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so, and it has to be a treasure too. I think of it like if, if I was to give, like I have a collectible Batman comic. I'm a huge Batman fan. My wife got me a, a, one of the first editions ever printed um, of like a, the top five ever wrote comic. And it's in a a plastic bag with a cardboard on, on both sides of the book covered in a safe. It's not even displayed. It is hidden to the point that I know where it's at if I want to see it or if I needed it, but nobody else needs to come and touch it or mess with it or taint it or try to twist it. And that's what I believe. Like when I look at the word of God, it has to be hidden so deep in your heart that when people try to twist you and taint you, they can't get a hold of it and replace it, but it stays on the inside. And the roadmap is is simply the Bible. Um, it, it, it really is because the Bible has never changed and it never will change. And it is literally God. It is God, you know, wrote in a book. And when you ask God, hey, God, how do I get through this? Every answer he gives you will be biblical because it's already there. And and he's given us the answer. But I think, you know, another thing we have to look at when you talk about living, living a pure life is understanding that we're human. I, I think that's a big one. Like attractions. Let's talk about it. I always thought that I couldn't be attracted to someone. Like, and it wasn't nothing my parents, they never said that, but I picked up like, okay, well I'm attracted to them, but I can't, I can't talk to them. I can't look at them. I have to act like I don't see them. And it was like this, this mentality of attraction, but attraction is not a temptation unless it's given attention. Hmm. And if you don't give the attention to an attraction in that way, it, it can't become a temptation because in the second, second Corinthians 10, five it says, take every thought captive and put Amen. it under the obedience of Jesus. God, God does not desire you to be unattracted to your wife. I met my wife and, and desired her from an attraction. Like that's what first caught my eye. I seen her. Then it was the talking with her. Then I got to know her. But it w- if, if I go based on an attraction, it can start to become an, a temptation because I can start looking at the physical attributes. And that's what the enemy wants is to confuse you. And that's what I was. I was confused. And so you have to, I really believe you have to get an understanding that we're humans and that our kids are going to have attractions. But if they are, if they can't come talk to us and say, Hey, I'm attracted to this person and it's, it's not good. I'm having these thoughts. What do I do? We can't respond in anger because it's, it's not like, it's not like they can control the fact that this thought that came in their head, we got to teach them and say, look, that thought that came, you grab it and you say, devil, no. This is, this is not right. This is not biblical. God, renew my mind today. Please help me. And we teach them to respond with the word of God 
and that's how they stay pure. And okay. then when they get older, it's so much easier because temptation comes harder when you get older. Oh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Wow. You know, th- that's one thing that I dealt with when I after I became a Christian is that I struggled so much to be in a relationship because I knew how to be in a relationship when I was in the world. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was right. it was easy. I right. knew I knew exactly what to do. But when it came to being in a relationship as a Christian, when it came to courtship, I didn't understand yeah. what are the do's and don'ts. What's what is a safe boundary? What is right. unsafe? I didn't know. Yeah. And I think that that's what took me so long to get to the point where I got married. I was twenty six. Yeah. When we got married, um, and my son was giving me a hard time about that. He's like, you were 29 when I got when I was born? I'm yeah. like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I may have started late, right. but you know what? I needed that extra right. time. I, As I said, I wasn't a Christian until I was 20, so it, there, it takes some time right, to develop right. that understanding. Absolutely. Because right when you get saved, can I just be honest right now, is that when you get saved— Everything about you doesn't get magically fixed. <laughs> that is so true. It doesn't get fixed. And what you used to think was easy, like I could make out with a girl, I could get to first base and all yeah, that right, stuff. I right. could do that as a as Those a are goals. I, I could do that. Yeah. But as a Christian, it's like, whoa, that's wrong. <laughs> Don't go there. And it's like, yeah. whew, okay. So for me, life got harder right, right. when I became a Christian. And I think I I think I beat myself up a lot yeah. because then I, that's something else I think our, our teenagers need to, to realize yeah. is that you make mistakes. You go through life. You yeah. said it yourself that we're human, but we can't let our past dictate Correct. who we're going to be in the future. Right, and we've right. talked about that many times on the show is that what's in the past, you can't do anything with no. it. And people who worry about their future, it's worry about yeah. their future you, you really can't do anything about that either. I mean, you can sow seeds that lead you to where you want to go in your future, but the only time you really have is right now. Yeah, and I think exactly. that's so beautiful about how his mercies are new every day. Yeah. And we think, I got to pray again today. Right. I got to read the word again today. It's not a, I gotta, it's a, I get, I get to, to yeah. you know? And it's as if it's for the very first time because... This is the day the Lord has made. This right. is the first day yeah. of the rest of your life. And every day the sun comes up, you need to tell yourself that yeah. because it's new and you're new and mm-hmm. you're going from glory to glory. Yeah. Amen. I, wow. I, I think too with that, you know, we talked about mercies being new. I, I look at it like this. When I wake up, mercies are new every day. And this is not biblical. This is just how Elijah thinks. Sure. I have to set an appointment with God to go get my mercies for the day. Mm. Like how many appointments have I set with God that I had to cancel or that I didn't make? I say, God, I'm coming to you every morning. I want your mercies. They're new. They're mine. Like it is mine. But I wake up and I say, I'm running late. God, I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'll hit you in the car. Uh, we'll zoom this meeting. And it's Ooh. like, God, every time you set an appointment, he is there early and he's waiting. And he's like, I got mercies for you. I got grace. I got a plan for your day. Come get it. You don't even, you don't have to be here, but 10 minutes, just come talk to me. But we take that time. Either we miss the appointment or we come in and we complain and we say, God, yesterday was terrible. And that's okay to start a prayer. But do we ever listen? 
are we ever going to receive? And I think that I, I think especially in the world we live in today, it's very important to schedule time with God. Amen. And that's powerful too. What you're saying is to schedule time with God. There's there's this thought in the business world that if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. So how many of you are business owners out yeah. there, and maybe God caused called you to start your business? I believe that your business is a calling. It's a call of God. And so if God's called you to do this business, to minister to other people through your business and provide them with products and services— but you've become consumed with the bottom line, and now you have made profit your idol. Mm-hmm. Where are you making time for God? You need to schedule time for Him, like you're saying, every single day. Just like every board meeting you go to, every conference call, every Zoom call, everything that you do, you need to make time for God. And I think that should come out first. Correct. Correct. That should be on your calendar first. And if you block that out of your schedule, guess what? Then nobody can schedule something during that time, especially if you're using these tools like Calendly that allow you to plug in and link it up to your calendar. If they see that only certain times are available, those times are available, Correct. right? So that's powerful what you said there about scheduling it because if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. And we need to make God a priority in our life. That's the only way. We're going to get to purity, um, and, it, and purity is something we look for every single day. We're gonna we're gonna do everything we can. Now, there's something we gotta do, right? right? God's gonna do His part, but before He does His part, we have to do something. Exactly. Let's shift gears and move towards. You wanted to talk a little bit about the behind the scenes yeah. of of the purity conference. Can you tell us a little bit about? What happens behind the scenes? When do you start working on putting this together? And how how much time does it really take? And how many hands are involved? <laughs> so first and foremost, we start planning purity the day after purity. It's really cool. Um, we we As soon as purity ends, that Sunday after, my wife and I, um, she couldn't be here tonight, but she just shout out to her. I mean, if you get to make it to the Purity Conference, shout out to Miss Sydney Linscott because our conference falls apart without a good administrator. And a lot, you hear me talking, and, and she helps me run the youth ministry. We do this thing together. This is not a me, and then she's under me. She sits hand in hand with me, and I would fall apart. We're, I, mean, I, I, say, I say it this way. I wear the pants in the relationship, but she's the belt, and my pants fall without her. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's a lot that goes into it because how much we care. And I believe that like a lot of people don't look at the minute, minute details. But my wife has an eye and an anointing for the small details. And I believe small details matter because a lot of stuff in the Bible that that God put in the Bible. Some of it you look at and you say, God, why do you have to tell me he's left handed? God, why do you Hmm. got to tell me? Why'd you have to tell me the type of basket Moses was in? He was in a basket in the river, like little things like this. The details matter to God. So it matters to people, but it takes her. She really does run this thing. Um, But we've got so many department heads. We've got people in charge of food. We have speakers that come in from all over and we believe in honor. So we have, we have someone in charge of making sure they're comfortable. They're taking care of people serving them. We have childcare for our workers because it's difficult to have workers on a Saturday Hmm. all day long. Um, We have a band that we put together from all over Um, that we have 
media and sound technicians and we have uh, just security and ushers. I think last year we had over 100 hands on deck serving Friday night and all day Saturday. But we start planning the Sunday after. We actually just finalized the schedule and the flow like last week. And so now it's time to start plugging in the the hands to help. And a lot of people are like, well, aren't you a little late to plug hands in? No, because we have so many people begging to, to get their hands plugged in. But it takes so much to put on a conference like this, um, especially when you only have a weekend. I mean, mm. you only have – really, you only have Friday night for a couple hours and then all day Saturday, and then that's it. And so we completely transform the sanctuary, move all the chairs around. We build big dra- backdrops. But it's it's a really cool thing, um, you know, if if you are at a church or in a business and there's conferences being put on, I challenge you, get behind the scenes and just look. Because if you can see what goes on behind the scenes, you can appreciate the actual scene. And it's really Amen. cool experience to be behind the scenes. That's good. What's, what's the theme of this year's event? This year's theme is Rooted. It's called Rooted. Um, it's coming from Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, and it's all about being rooted in God's love. And uh, we actually came up with that in my basement, one of our youth leaders. We were just sitting there, and we were kind of in a prayer setting um, meeting, and we just kind of said, what, what's what's some themes? So we start shooting ideas, and she says rooted. And uh, Michaela Washington, shout out to her. But she says it, and uh, everyone just together goes, that's it. That's Amen. the thing. And she found the verse, and it was like, this is it. Because like we talked about, it's not just about sexual purity, but it's being rooted in God's love. And when I'm rooted in God's love, there's no other love that can feed my my soul, that can feed my spirit, man. And so it's a really cool this year. We've got a big tree coming. Um, just just a lot of stuff that we're going to do this year. That's exciting. So if people want to come to this conference, what do they got to do to sign up? So it's it's uh, on our website. You can go to uturnyouthministry.com. You can also go to alcky.com um, and go to the youth ministry page. But uh, you just go online and you register. We actually have cabins, I think like 300 beds. We also provide host homes. If you come and you say, hey, my group, we can't get a hotel, but I've got six people coming. We have like we have an actual team that says, hey, I'll open up my home for these six people to come and stay comfortably. Um, so you just register. It's $30 a person, 25 or 30 I, I, You have to look at the actual price. But it's $30 that receives your registration. You get a uh, notebook that comes with that. Um, and then we do a really cool purity vow. Um, so at the end of Saturday night, you seal the conference with that. So last year we actually did a sand ceremony and we took, we took us a, a jar and you got to fill up your sand. And then youth leaders took up and poured white sand um, in there to mix and just show like when you mix, you cannot ever separate that sand. And it was mm-hmm. a resemblance. And one year we actually did a letter to your future spouse. Um, we had them actually go home, write letters and then bring it that night. And we bought wax seals and we put them in an envelope and we sealed them with wax. And uh, if you don't mind, I got a testimony on that. We yes. had a we had a young guy come up to, to Stacey and Felix and share. He's been to every purity conference for the last 13 years. He's getting ready to get married. And he has a box of every purity vow that he ever did for 13 years. Wow. And he just asked, will you please come to my wedding? Because I'm going to present this to my wife. I'm a virgin. I've not strayed from purity. And I'm able to hand her every trinket in here. And the letter to the spouse still validated that I'm going to save myself for her. 
the sand jar, the ring that you, we gave him. We had him sign a scroll. He has everything that we sent home with him. Um, and he's able to present that to his wife on his wedding day. And none of it is tainted. It's completely true for 13 years. Amen. So if, if you think it's impossible, it's not because he's a teenager just like some of our kids. Amen. That's powerful. So if people want to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Um, you can you can actually, I have a Facebook out there. Uh, my phone number, if you write notes, 270-307-8734. Um, and I can actually, if, however you want to do that, Jason, I'll get you my information personally. But you can also message us on Facebook, U-Turn Youth Ministry. You can like our page, message us. We have an Instagram page. You can also email the church, contact the church. They will get that to me. Um, I, I don't work at the church. I have an, I have a 40 hour a week job, but I'm available. They can get that. So if you have any questions myself or my wife or, um, one of our youth leaders can get you the answers needed. Um, but I challenge you, if you can get here, get here, or maybe you can't get here and you say, I want all, we record every session. We record every, every, uh, small group. So Jason doing his cancel culture, it'll be recorded and we can get you an actual, uh, a thumb drive or, However, it is best on you, whether it be a CD or electronically, and you can have every session um, sent to you. We can work that out. Just get in communication with us, and we'll work that out. Amen. That's powerful. Well, thank you, Elijah, for taking some time out of your busy day to come chat with our audience at Marketplace Ministry about the Purity Conference coming up this November. Uh, before I let you go, what are the dates? Because I don't think we talked no, we about didn't. that. What yeah. are the dates? November uh, 12th and 13th. It's a Friday and Saturday, um, the second weekend of November. So the 12th and 13th is when they are. Amen. And this is a live event in person. Yeah. So you can actually come <laughs> yes, and be in fellowship with other like-minded believers in person. There's yeah. nothing better than no. praising and worshiping God in person. And if you come, you can wear a mask. You yep. don't have to wear a mask. And you won't be judged. It, yep. It's it's your discretion. Honestly, it is. It's we 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 want you here. So whatever makes you comfortable, come. And register fast because we got if you need host homes, spots are filling so quick, it's unreal. Amen. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Jason. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.